Hey, Adam. What's up? Are you a leader? I am a leader, I think. Or are you a follower? Both. Okay. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you. Today's episode of the You'll Hear It podcast is sponsored by the Oxford. Am- I'm sorry. I, like I love clap. when you do that. I, I know. Love. Today's episode is sponsored well, be careful, by the that- Oxford American. <laughs> really punctuating your accent. No, but be careful because we use that as an editing tool sometimes. You know what's weird <laughs> is the more things I do on a camera, like, you know, we're on YouTube here. I don't know if our listeners know that, but you can always go to YouTube and check us out. Leave what's up, YouTube? But the more times I, I'm on camera, I just sort of start talking with my hands more. I didn't do this before right. I started this podcast. I was you're, very you're, much like a hands-in-the-lap kind of talker. Right, And right. now I'm like, try to, I don't know why. Well, I was wondering, because we learned something last week from your wife on that, that beautiful guest uh, appearance that, that she... That Mrs. Manis and Mrs. Martin did last week. Right. Yeah, it yeah. seems so long ago now, but <laughs> remember she did talk a little bit about your hands that... Did she say they kind of had a fin... Or was it a bear? It was some bear paws. She calls bear them paws. bear paws. Because I could literally just be going for this coffee <laughs> mug and just knock it off the table. Right. And then I'll sit down and play the piano. Right. She was so fine. impressed with the with the with the duality of that. It is. Well, yeah. uh, go to oxfordamerica.org. Woo, woo. I always th- I'm, I'm thinking when you do that, it's like the otter. You know, it's like at the zoo. So <laughs> you know, send me. Some. I guess they're not otters, are they? And we are way off track today. <laughs> go to oxfordamerican.org/yhi for some great deals. Uh, that's oxfordamerican. Dot org slash yhi twenty five bucks for a yearly subscription can't yep. beat that. Yep, and okay. it comes with a CD. Come on now, I know. how good is that? And it's good. Yeah. Uh, today we have a speak pipe. We're loving our speak pipes. That's Thanks right. everybody. I'm still clapping. <laughs> Thanks everybody for sending a minute. Edit, edit, edit. <laughs> and uh, this one's from Derek. Okay, I'll speak a little on this pipe. Peter, Adam, <laughs> I love your show. My name is Derek. I live in Los Angeles. I have a question about leading ensembles. When you're leading an ensemble from the piano, let's say it's a rhythm trio plus horn, and you know a tune really well, maybe because it's one of your own tunes or a chart you've played a lot before, what methods do you use to keep the tune fresh for yourself while the band picks it up? In other words, when the other people in the ensemble are behind your knowledge of the tune, how do you stay patient for them while still thinking ahead to what to ask for or offer when they do catch up to your knowledge, and how can you help them understand your interpretation of the tune faster so that you can uncover your group's unique interpretation as effectively as possible? What makes a good piano trio pianist? Thanks again. Love, love, love your show. This is Derek in LA. Love, wow. it, love it, Derek. Love the speak into the pipe. That's perfect. I know that was good. And then I love at the very end how he throws in a whole nother huge question. Also, what how, what makes a good piano trio? Uh, well, I, I why, think is it together? I think he okay. was. Yeah, he was. He was like, what makes a good piano trio pianist? Yeah, I think the whole thing is about leadership and leading a group. Uh, right. From from what I gather of his question, and it's a good question because it is a separate skill. It's not playing. It's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. Um, yeah, the what he was I think he mentioned the word patience, you know, how do you stay patient? So there is the you know, there's the grappling with not staying patient and and to your point of leadership, we have to stay patient when we're leading and we know something more or we know what's going to happen. First of all, when we think we know we're, we're right, we're not always right. We are pianists, so we're usually right. That is true. Mostly. And we're usually leading. Yeah. <laughs> no, but part of part of it is I think having the spirit at least of that we may not be right or there may be another way. Mm-hmm. So we we 
you know, being patient is not just being like, oh, we're waiting for everyone to catch up to our knowledge. We have to be open as well. Or there might be a middle ground to meet or whatever. Or look, we're not always, you, you know, sometimes you're in a situation where you're playing and you're like, wow, I know all this better than everybody on the bandstand. But having that kind of mentality as you're playing cannot lead to the most edifying performance for the audience. And that's really what you're there for. So, I mean, if you imagine that like LeBron James were to go play with, you know, us, say a little three on three, and he was, we were part of his team, you know, he could either be like, throw, I mean, well, he could like pass the ball to where we're supposed to be, or he could like, and then wait for us to go there, but we wouldn't make it there in time. Or he could kind of, I don't want to say play down to our, our level, but kind of pull us up as far as we could go, but then play with us. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't know. This is kind of an impossible situation. Analogy. Yeah. I mean, well, you mentioned the word open, and I think for Derek, this has got to be the key. I, I think some of the most important situation, most important decisions in these kind of situations is actually who you hire or who you're playing with. Yeah. And then you have to be open to let them do what they do, even if they don't know the material or they're not as familiar with it as you are. Uh, like what they bring has to be a part of the equation. It yes. has to be. It absolutely. And and oftentimes, even if you make them, even if you are up there and you realize you made a mistake in who you chose. That's yeah. still on you more it's, than them. They're just who they are. You right. Know? And you have to let that happen in a way that's organic. You can't, I mean, you can't expect them to come to where you are in the tune, whatever that is. I, I'm not even sure what we're talking about here. If we're talking about like, you know, knowing a, a, a particular jazz standard or arrangement, yeah. but e any of those situations, uh, whomever is on the gig is on the gig and you have to be open to what they bring to it. And actually, you have to play in a way that encourages them to be themselves Yes, and to do it the way they're going to do it the best yeah. that, that serves how they can play. Or else, ultimately, that's what you hired them for, or that's what you pulled that ensemble together yeah, for. I'm not telling a drummer exactly how to play everything. Hey, play this beat exactly like this. I've yeah. seen you do that. Uh, well, okay. in certain situations, <laughs> literally sat down. No, 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 no. But uh, no, no, no. Not usually. I'm, I'm, I'm saying. I, I think it's going to be this vibe. Yeah. And then I let it happen how it's going to happen. Yeah, and that, and that's there's. It's an art to that. It's not a science. Yeah. But that's why I think we're talking about things that are a little bit sort of try to get the mindset, try to get the mentality as you go in, and then let your actions and your words. And I mean, look, once you're on the band stand playing a gig, it's a really a little too late to deal with a lot of this stuff. Totally. You know? yeah. um, not to say that we're, we've all gotten in those situations where we're like, oh my God, why is everybody so, what am I doing here? Or how do I, how do I get there to be more of a like symbiotic relationship between say the trio? I mean, you know, him mentioning that at the end, it's funny because at the beginning, talking about i think he said some horn players and like a rhythm section or one horn you get into a situation where there's several different relationships that you as a leader you have to kind of manage there's the whole group and then you with the audience and how all of it is appearing but then there's the rhythm section thing yeah there's the bass and the drums there's you between but with the trio there is the opportunity there to really have that kind of triangle type of love triangle kind of you know yeah yeah, I don't know. Careful. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about that, but I'm just saying, like, you can, you know, uh, it, it's a special relationship where you can have something going on between where there doesn't necessarily need to be as much overt leadership. That's more of just assembling the right things, like where you can really get exactly. that trust going, you know. There's, and there's something that I do, I realized now thinking about this, that I do to help steer the conversation to where I'd like the music to go. Yeah. Hopefully I have the right people in place for this and they're going to just play how they play. But if I want us to, to reach a certain vibe or whatever, I'll actually do arrangements um, of other people's, of recordings, 
um, mm. like, hey, let's do this version of this from this recording. Yeah. And that way I can I can kind of start setting the tone of what what I want the group to do. Yeah. Because hopefully they're going to like and I'll send the records like I'll send the recordings of a, a, a MP3 or a video or whatever of whatever I want to do. Like, let's get this vibe. Yeah. You know, and then I'm kind of directing like, hey, let's let's kind of make it like this, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, and even if we don't end up playing that arrangement for very long, I have sort of set the tone with the vibe of that, of that vibe. Yeah, I want. you've given the reference point. You've you've gotten you've given everybody something to rally around. Yeah, and I think doing that in a way, you know, with the music, if it's from recording, what you record, I think you know, strong leadership in the musical situation is not that different than other things. Like you have to do some things that are when you start out are going to be counterintuitive to what most people think of as leadership. Most people think it's like I'm in the front, everybody's supporting me. But I think true leadership, in a, especially in a trio situation, yep. is about, like, how can you support the others? Make like, the drummer sound good. Yeah, and, and you're thinking that first. Now, they'll it, hopefully you'll have people together that are also going to be giving that back. But if you're putting, I mean, the whole thing of leadership, otherwise you can kind of co-lead it. And that can work good, too, sometimes if everybody's on the same wavelength. But if you are kind of needing to be the one to get the music, and, and, and until you get to that point where you're trying to establish a vibe, you have to you have to be willing to put yourself last. So yep. that means picking music. And now I think about John Coltrane, and I don't know. I mean, I've read some books, and 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 I, I know his music so much better than I know his words and the actual history of it. But I think about when he put together the the great quartet, you know, Jimmy Garrison, Elvin Jones, McCoy Tyner, and I think about the way that Coltrane played before that. Like he was a very strong leader. Like in terms of, sure. and I don't think that there was a lot of, hey, McCoy, do your fourth thing here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, just, yeah, I don't think that. But I mean, if, if in, in that, like he created that group that was really based around some of the strengths of everybody but him in a way. Yet he retained his sound. Like he wasn't playing um, with that kind of a group before that. Like he let Elvin Jones like just drive things. Yeah. He let Jimmy Garrison, Elvin Jones. McCoy. And McCoy and, and, and you know, in, in individually and together and was able to harness the best of everything there in a way that was that. So, I mean, yeah, that's no, kind of the model. I read this interview with him from Ralph Gleason uh, in this, um, this conversations in jazz book. It's a great mm -hmm. book. And he talks about McCoy actually sort of dictating some of the tones of, of that great quartet, dictating where they were kind of going sonically and, and, and how he, you know, I mean, he, it's obvious he let that happen and he yep. was inspired by that. Yeah. And I think that's the key, Derek is like, you know, finding the players that are going to not not just play it the way that you envision it, but surprise you, change yep. it, make it better. You know, yep. in, in every situation I've been in where it's been really good, it's been a team effort. And, and even if I have a and I usually do have a very strong vision of how I think it should be. Yeah. I try to be open and let people bring their stuff to it. And it usually almost always makes it better. Yeah. And hey, look, it's not you're not going to always have. Actually, you're never going to have McCoy Tyner, Elva Jones and Jimmy Garrison no. or players on that level. Probably. No. Yeah. So it's not about that. True leadership is going to be like, what about when you've got some younger players that I mean, McCoy and them were young then. Some people could be like, man, get some more seasoned guys, you know. But they what, did I. What, what, yeah. What are you going to do when you, d you know, don't have the optimal group or somebody sends in a sub? You can't be like, oh, man, you know, it, it's, it's up to you to make sure the thing sounds as good as it can. Yeah. You know, and don't underestimate the value of positive reinforcement. All humans are just dumb praise machines. That's all we want. And uh, we you feed are off so it. right, Adam. You're so smart. See, man. Exactly. <laughs> Pete loves it when I interject with these. little. <laughs> man, it's just so brilliant what you're saying. No, but if you like what someone does, if that's closer to the vision that you're feeling for the music, let them know after the gig. Say, hey, I loved it when you did that thing, man. It was yeah. so killing. And please, you know, feel free to do that anytime. Yeah. You know, that positive affirmation. Remember, there was a trumpet player around 
St. Louis when I was coming up, and I, he probably was still around when you were coming up here too. But like every jam session, this is back when there was like a lot of jam sessions around town and stuff. He would play, and um, he would, you know, everybody else who played or whatever, you know, you kind of hang out afterwards or even like right after the tune. Yeah. And he come by like, man, you sounded good. How did I sound? Uh, <laughs> like yeah. that was his thing. Man, you sounded good. How did I sound? You know, he didn't even wait for you know to say it back. I mean, kind of put you on the spot. And I'm yeah. like, oh, you sounded. Good. He didn't sound good, by the way. Yeah, of course not. No. He's asking. <laughs> but he's asking. He's, well, why did I lie to him? But well, thanks, Derek, for the speak pipe. Yeah, thanks for the West Coast love, man. We're getting some nice uh, absolutely Southern California warmth here, man. I love Southern California. Well, I mean, St. Louis it's it's dreary and forty eight it, degrees. Forty <laughs> degrees right now in April and rainy. <laughs> In L.A., it's probably like, well, forget it. Uh, don't forget to go to OxfordAmerican.org slash YHI for some great deals on that fantastic quarterly magazine. And don't forget to go to You'llHearIt.com to leave us your speak pipe. Leave a pipe into the speak. Wait. Speak, speak into it. the pipe. Speak into the pipe. Right. I not, like that. Not in an outstate Missouri meth head way, though. Let's be clear. It's not that kind of pipe. We are doing a <laughs> lot of meth head references lately. I know, I know we're why. in Missouri, <laughs> and I know it's, it's still prominent here. But you know what? We are not the number one meth state did you know that uh, we celebrate it every day here <laughs> we're like number three we're high i mean we're not <laughs> <laughs> exactly we're high. you'll hear it <laughs> <laughs>